Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we're in the world of cannabis-infused tinctures and seltzers. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's a lot to say, but I'm so excited. This space is blowing up. As you guys know, we've talked about cannabis quite a bit in the last couple of months on the podcast. On the podcast today is Matt Melander, president and co-founder of Levia. Man, it's so great to have you with us today. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, Matt's got like the best view, by the way, of the two of us today. <laughs> He's got an amazing view. Uh, we're on Zoom, and um, it's great, man. Great to see you in person. Hey, listen, really cool what you guys are doing. You guys who don't know Levia, number two cannabis seltzer in the country. They're the top-selling cannabis b- beverage in Massachusetts and growing quickly. We're going to unpack all that today. Um, and I mean, this space is just unbelievable. It's blowing up in a, a great way. So, Matt, how about this? Before before we get into the company and product and all that, what were you doing before coming to Levia, helping to grow this brand? Yeah, so uh, got out of college in 2009, moved out to San Francisco in the heart of a financial crisis and was an investment banking analyst. And, uh, you know, those glorious hours of 7 a.m. till 3 a.m. seven <laughs> days a week really got the best of me. Yep. Eventually made my had a, had a cup of coffee in New York for a few years on a, in a trading desk there. Kind of came back to Boston, was in the finance channels in Boston, and always had this weird desire to be involved with something from the ground floor. And uh, basically, a, a colleague of mine introduced me to the two founding couples of, of Levia back in early 2018. And, and kind of the rest was history and, until about uh, roughly August of, of 2018 when my uh, very large employer at the time found out what I was doing on the side and, and given <laughs> banking banking laws and regulations, they were not too keen. So uh, we politely parted ways and, and there I was fully, fully out of the comforts and, and safety net of, uh, of Wall Street and, and on to pure entrepreneurship. So, okay, before we dive in, how is it different? So like, what, what is it similar skills that you found use or is it totally different? Like what's, what's your routine? Like, you know, talk about that before we dive into the company and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, skill set wise, there was a lot of transferable, uh, stuff, whether it be just financial understanding, engineering, um, and it, the capital markets were such that like really so immature and, and from a venture side, really I mean, banking laws and whatnot were, are still so restrictive that yes, we, I was able to transfer the knowledge and understanding of like, Hey, how do you go raise capital? Who do you call? What do you do? But the rest of it was really just, you had to believe in yourself and your team and, and problem solve. And, totally. and, and it's still that case today, right? Like no, no two days are the same. No schedule is the same. There's days I'm on the phone until 11 o'clock at night. And then there's days when, like today, I, I had the privilege of at my parents' house and I'm able to hang kind of so the ocean. So um, you just ride the wave. It's There's no more Monday to Friday. It's right. just every day is every a work day. day and <laughs> yeah. you, find, you find your windows when you can unplug and reset. And um, I mean, I, I've had a, quite the journey in the last five and a half months. I mean, the week we launched Levia, I had uh, twins. So oh it's been gosh. a little bit of a, of, um, a whirlwind time. That's amazing. Yeah, so I got a. Oh, I mean, my wife's my wife's a rock star. I got a huge support system, great families, and 
I mean, three kids under two in a startup's a lot, but when two of them are newborn <laughs> twins, it's even more of a, a roller coaster. <laughs> That's crazy. You really aren't getting a whole lot of sleep. Um, so talk, did you know anything about cannabis? I mean, did you know this sector at all before or was this all new? So for me, I wasn't really like someone who had a, had a lot of experience with cannabis prior to getting involved. Um, it was one of those situations where the timeline was such that Constellation Brands and Canopy had made their their big deal in early right. late seventeen, early eighteen, whatever the timeline was. So right. it was starting to get into the news. Um, my founding partners are really were really the cannabis folks. They they had experience with the plant. One of them has been working with it in some form or another for the better part of thirty years. Um, and I kind of still to this day, that's their, that's their specialty. Um, we all kind of come to this with different skill sets, right? Like I can run the business totally. and, and they can, they can make some really, really badass product. <laughs> Which is great. Okay, and that's actually, I want to talk about the role of the different co-founders shortly. Um, share with our audience what Levia is, what you guys do. Talk about your, your product at a high level before we dive deep. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're the, in my mind, we're the first legitimate cannabis infused seltzer water. And the reason I say first is there's other products that call themselves seltzer water, but be, given the emulsion technologies that they use, they're these cloudy kind of watered down skin milk colors. Ugh. Yeah. And it, I mean, we're, we're based in Massachusetts, right? And, and one thing Massachusetts <laughs> knows is seltzer water. We've, we've got the right. polar beverage company. It is, you, you know what it's supposed to taste like, what it's supposed to look like. Um, so yeah, we have a crystal clear seltzer water. It tastes just like the flavor profile say raspberry lime, lemon lime, mixed berry, which we call jamberry. Yep. Um, they're super simple. I mean, these things have like five ingredients. It's water, flavor, CO2 extracted cannabis oil, a little bit of citric acid to balance the pH. And then our, what we call is our secret sauce, which is the technology that we use um, to make the oil water soluble. So Got super it. clean, super simple. The tincture uh, is actually more of kind of the history of where we came from. Uh, one of the co-founders had was, was making rudimentary tinctures at home. And, and that was really, uh, he and his wife's entrance into the space was just doing that for themselves. Um, and we've been able to kind of bring, launch that product. Uh, it's, I call it, it was the OG, but it's our second product <laughs> in the market. Uh, yeah. and it uses the same underlying technology. So really in, in the life cycle of our business, we have the manufacturing facility and then we have this wonderful partner, um, is a young PhD who, who created this technology. So. Yeah, really, really cool. Love the packaging. When you came in as a co-founder, like, where was the business already in the seltzer space, or was it? Hey, we're going to get there. What did that look like? So when I met them, this was nothing but a slide deck with uh, oh, zero dollars in the bank. So oh, it wow. really was the very, it was very beginning, um, and that was what it was. It was a gentleman who actually works for us today it was a colleague of mine at the time. And he, he, he called me and he said, Hey, I got a buddy who needs to raise capital. Would you mind taking a phone call? And I asked my normal lineup of questions and, and the response was, dude, just take the phone call. <laughs> and so sure enough, that's how it started. Jumped on the phone, heard the story, said, man, that's really interesting. It's not something I know exists. The barriers to entry are such that it's going to keep uh, multinational, big beverage, big food, big pharma, whatever it was foreseeable future. And that was it. it we, we just kind of started to, to iterate and, and I said, Hey, give me a few weeks. And in the first, maybe, I don't know, two weeks later, I'd raised the first million bucks for him and we wow. were off. And, and that, that was, that was how it started. And then honestly, it, none of us had a, a really a beverage background. Right. Um, yeah. The pro initially kind of like anything, the, the, the evolution of the idea continued 
throughout uh, the better part of 1819 and, and 2020, where if, if you look at the original construct, it was very much like build the toll manufacturer and we could do vape cartridges and we could do this and we could do that. And we'd have an extraction lab on site, all of which we could just capitalize these assets because people needed access to products. Over time, we live in Massachusetts. Charlie Baker is our governor. He put a ban on all vapes, both tobacco and cannabis for a brief period. We decided if we were going to hold ourselves to a standard of care that was health focused, we couldn't be involved in combustibles, right? Like we, Massachusetts, I, I grew up there. I'm 34 years old. I don't even recall smoking sections in restaurants. So right. to me, that was always, right. it was something to, to steer clear of. Um, and really, yeah. So beverages were always part of the idea was never the central focus until it became the central focus. Right. And now really it's, I think it's the, it's the great universal product that will take cannabis as an industry and really break the stigma once and for all. Right. We are all You're right. Accustomed. Everyone thinks of it as marijuana, right? I mean, that's the, the thing. But then you start looking at some of these products and even other lines of products, and it starts to break that kind of barrier of people's thought, you know? Yeah. And, and this was something we talked about a lot as we were raising capital and, and, and kind of building the, the facility and, and going through it is we as a society say baseball is the American pastime. My joke is, no, it's not. Going to Fenway Park with your friends and drinking $11 Bud Lights is the pastime. The game's actually really boring. Right. And that, but it's, it, and it's tongue in cheek, but really that's the core is, is we're a society that really understands gathering around a drink with an anticipated effect. In the morning, you go get a coffee. You have the ability to customize that, whether it's, like this morning, I got a plain old black iced coffee. Some night days I'm more tired. As I said, I got newborn twins and it's like right. four shots of espresso and, and have a latte. Like, and then in the evening, the same is true. It's a social setting. You can have a beer, you can have a glass of wine. Some days you need a martini, right? We get that process naturally. It's just part of our culture. Speaking something with an anticipated effect, we're just changing the active ingredient. And for, for certain members of our, our population, a cannabis product is a hell of a lot safer than an alcoholic product sure. or whatnot. And we're just giving folks the opportunity for choice. And, and that's really at the end of the day that, that that's the goal. Give Love people it. access to something. This is a healthier alternative, but for someone out there, and there's a lot of them that have, that obviously are purchasing these products, this is a better lifestyle choice. And, and I say after 2020 in the pandemic and everything we've all lived through, <laughs> Yeah. If you're not taking a more uh, hands-on approach to your own health after what we just dealt with, you're never going to. But a lot of folks have really woken up to it and go, oh, yeah, this is better. It's zero calorie. It's zero sugar. It's a plant-based product. And at the end of the day, that's what we're looking at is, is a plant-based industry. Yes, there is a, psych a psychoactive component. But at the end of the day, look at just, it doesn't, you don't have to read much in, in terms of the research to, to prove a plant-based diet's a healthier diet. Plant-based products have a future. We, and this, this actually comes directly from the scientists that we work with. It's only been since the turn of the, the 20th century where traditional cultures, if you will, and their understanding of plants and medicine have taken a back seat to Western medicine, if you will. And sure. my, my grandmother's 90, almost 94 years old, doesn't take a single prescription. She's literally lived this plant-based lifestyle since long before it was in vogue. And as she always said, she goes, MD does not mean medical deity. We give, we put these doctors on a pedestal that these pharmaceuticals are <laughs> the cure-alls. And it's like, right. no, you know what? For thousands of years, plant-based products of, of all kinds 
that was medicine. So let's, let's continue to move back into that. It's basically a reawakening of something that's been around for 5,000 years. Yeah, no doubt. Um, what did the initial, uh, what was the initial route to market? Like, how did you guys get the message out? How did you start picking up consumers or was, like, was there already a network? What did that look like? So, um, I guess the blessing and the curse of how hard it is in the barrier century for cannabis was that we were, we were well known that we were coming in mass. I mean, look, we, the, the cannabis control commission is our regulatory body. Um, we made ourselves known to them basically in 2018 and it took us till February 21 to hit market. So the state knew we were coming. The segment continued to grow in other recreational markets, call it California, Colorado, wherever it may have been. And then for us, as soon as we really, I mean, as soon as we got through building our facility, which was roughly October of, of 2020, we went out and we started to, to really reach out to dispensaries. Prior to that, they'd all be like, yeah, this is great, but call us when you're ready. And um, we have this killer sales guy, Mike Sports, and, and Mike really hit the road and, and went corner to corner. I say in Massachusetts, we we're in Provincetown to Williamstown, which is literally the the farthest Northwest corner to the very end of Cape Cod. And he hit up all the dispensaries and, and basically started pre-selling and, and building a customer list. So when we went to market on February 16th, we had 35 dispensaries all si already signed up to date. We're at about, a, I think we're in 103. So wow. in five and a half months has been a, a pretty uh, wild growth. That's amazing. And what's the feedback been? Have you guys been able to get, you know, feedback from consumers on flavor profiles on which, you know, which of your current three products are working the best? Um, like from a consumer perspective or what does that, is that informing you on what you might want to do next? Um, it does. Yes. The, the, the feedback's obviously been tremendous. I mean, you mentioned it in the opening, right? We're second in the nation. Right. We've only been in the for five and a half months. If you, if you, the, the, the sales data that we look at trails the market roughly by 30 days. So we're ending July. We'll see the June data probably the first week of August. May would have been really our third full month. Our Massachusetts sales data beat the number one company in the segment CAN's California numbers. And we've got one-sixth the population in Mass. Wow. So simple math, you're looking at an astronomical uptick of what we can do as we expand. So I think the, the, the telltale is the consumers love it. And, um, and the feedback has just been overwhelmingly positive. Sure. The flavors and the effects really for us is, is what I think differentiates us a little bit. Um, when we looked at cannabis as a, as a overall industry, the strain name game is one of those situations where it doesn't mean anything to anybody. And it actually, I think <laughs> makes it. it harder for the novice consumer, right? Like somebody's sure. OG Kush is somebody else's purple something it's like the only the, the closest example i make the joke is like it's like the crayola crank holes. they mean nothing to anybody except for the person who's lucky enough to have that as their job right um so, so what we wanted to do is really kind of to break it down make it more approachable so we we kind of have these three targeted effects right there's sativa hybrids and indicas in the, in the plant we we call those achieve celebrate and dream the point of that is that each of these have an anticipated effect and if we can keep that effect similar across all products well then our achieve which is our sativa it's get stuff done work or play like you know what you got to pile of laundry or you got to mow the lawn like hey this will make it better you want to go for a hike great people can understand that what the, the we keep our strange genetics very similar but you're also dealing with something where at times you can't get the exact same 
source flour time over time over time. Now, again, this is just, that's just simple supply chain challenges. We'll, we're solving that as we get more mature. Sure. I'm um, sure. Our, yeah, our hybrid is celebrate our barbecue. You're hanging with friends. It's, it's a little bit anti-anxiety, but you're still totally there, conversing, excited, energetic, having a grand old time. And then Indica, in the couch, whatever you want to call it, right? Like we call that dream. It's the end of the day, unwind, kind of ease your mind and spirit, watch a movie with your significant other, take, go to sleep. I mean, if I'm, I, I joke, if I drink a dream at 8 p.m., you better have my pillow by nine because I'm going down. Um, and, and each of those then right now are tied to a, a singular flavor. So the Achieve is raspberry lime. The Celebrate is lemon lime. And the Dream is mixed berry. We call it jamberry. Um, the beauty is that basically overnight, we could go from three skews to nine skews by just taking those three flavors and offering them in each of the effects. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, we're constantly playing with flavors. I mean, we, we literally are indeed in product developed this through a soda stream. So in our lab, we actually keep said soda stream and, and a, a basically a shoebox full of, of the fl- from the flavor house that we work with sovereign flavors in Santa Ana, California. And uh, we're constantly mixing and, and trying new things. So w- more flavors are coming, but again, it's been such rapid growth. We really just wanted to be, we didn't want to be a jack of all trades. We really no. wanted to master what we were good at and, and bring a superior product. And I believe that's what we've accomplished. Makes sense. How do you grow outside of Massachusetts? So this is where the part of the industry um, comes in. I share with our audience how that would look. Have you guys thought about that? Like, how do you approach that? Um, right. Cause there's specific laws and regulations, I believe. Right. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. So obviously what I say is that the, the beauty of cannabis is that right now it's all micro economies. So everything right. is state-based. Right. And, and that's part of the reason we had this opportunity, right? Like, look, I, I don't think it'd be a surprise to anybody like Coca-Cola is coming, Budweiser's coming, <laughs> Sam Adams is coming. Like it doesn't matter. The big multinationals will enter the space when they can do so at an economy of scale. It doesn't make sense yet. So for us right now, we're hyper-focused on mass. It's enough. To, it's enough of a challenge to do this and, right. and scale it. Like, I mean, right? We didn't have a blueprint. There's no case study on cannabis right. beverage. We're, we are legitimately writing the story every day. Um, so yeah, we, I mean, we're very interested in, in in our goal is to be the first national cannabis beverage brand, and and there are ways to do that between partnership deals and licensing deals right. and, and co-packers and, and all sorts of things. Um, and and we're constantly evaluating what's the right path and what's the next best market to enter. Um, but yeah, because of the regular, the regulatory environment is very hard that at this point, as I've told my team is like, let's just focus on mass. Let's make sure we nail this as the proof of concept. And then we can basically recreate the wheel in, in other places. Um, the hardest part for us as an, or as like a fledgling organization is that regulatory and compliance part where every market's rules and regs and and oversight, and whether that be in our case, it's Cannabis Control Commission, whatever the, 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 the reg- primary regulator is, it changes state by state. So you need to have a very robust compliance organization to be able to go to new markets. Um, and, and so for me, I mean, that's, that's where the risk is, right? Is you don't want to put the CapEx into a new facility and not know and not have the regulatory burden completely buttoned up. Got so, it. Okay, that um, makes sense. It's all coming, but yeah. we want to do it in a very, very slow, methodical manner to make sure that we're not setting ourselves up to fail. We want to have the same success that we've seen in Massachusetts in every new market we enter, um, which is something that some of our competitors have struggled with. I mean, they, sure. they've had great success in a singular market, and then you look at their sales totals 
frankly, in Massachusetts and, and they hardly move and, and they start to, and, and, you know, I don't, I don't need to shoot the moon immediately. This is still the first inning of what will be a generational yeah. oh, growth story dude, this is for the, the early segment. days of, of, of cannabis beverages and quite frankly, other products. Um, I always love to ask our guests, you know, what are be, what would be two or three pieces of advice or lessons learned from uh, being an entrepreneur and, and it's especially unique, I think in this industry, and we started talking about this before I hit record. <laughs> I didn't catch the one thing I wished I had that you said, but um, share with our audience what, what would be things you'd share with them uh, in terms of things you've learned. I'll answer that in two parts. My my cannabis like cannabis entrepreneurship is just pure pure entrepreneurship of of leaving a safe paycheck to do something for yourself. Um, cannabis entrepreneurship is is frankly just pure problem solving. Again, like nobody's done this before, so you can't look at a case study and say, "Oh, this is what we need to do." Yep. That part is is actually quite invigorating and fun. Entrepreneurship at its core, which any it doesn't matter what you're doing, CPG, fintech, you name it. <laughs> you better believe in yourself. That's that's it. And and I say, yeah, it's, it's been the most fun. I never want to do it again. Um, now that this is stable and cash flowing and, and like the scary days are behind <laughs> right. me. I mean, look, man, I, I don't think I had gray hairs when I started. I got a lot of gray hairs now. Um, I, don't, I don't see any there, but yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's why I wear a hat, right? <laughs> right. Um, and, and, and truly, yeah, I'm, entrepreneurship, what I tell people all the time is everybody's got an idea. Everybody can build a model that quote unquote works, but you better break that thing and take it to the worst case scenario <laughs> and make sure it still works. Because whatever you believe, you go from plan A to plan triple Z really quick. And for me, it was always the, I call it the burn down, like that's finance term, the burn down model better not break, or you don't have an idea because you got to be able to weather all storms and all systems. That is what I tell any entrepreneur, make sure, obviously you got to believe in yourself. You got to have an idea, but make sure you can't break the idea because it's going to take a lot of struggle and a lot of energy to just advance that ball far enough to have a viable business. Love that. Love it. Great advice on both sides. Share with their audience where they can find you, connect with your brand, find your product in Massachusetts, et cetera. Yeah. So uh, best way to find us, I tell people right now, is that we're just at www.levia.buzz, B-U-Z-Z. <laughs> I back, love that. <laughs> back, backslash find. And if you go there, basically you type in your zip code and it'll tell you whatever the dispensaries are that are near you. As I said, we're, we're, we cover the state from Provincetown, which is the very end of Cape Cod, to Williamstown, which is the edge of, the edge of New York and Vermont. So um, 100 plus dispensaries currently continuing to onboard as, as new ones enter in, in markets where we think that there's a, a compelling reason to be there. Uh, you're starting to see some dispensaries open up in Boston proper, which is awesome. Population density is great. And again, People under Boston's a drink. I mean, Massachusetts is a drinking culture, and and you're just you're giving somebody an alternative choice. So, um, I like to say, I mean, Ascend Wellness, one of the, the largest dispensaries in Mass, just opened next to the Boston Garden. Unreal location, beautiful store, and as far as I know, we've been the number one selling product there since the day they opened. So, um, it's everywhere, and we hope to continue to grow and bring it closer to uh, 
to everyone else across the country as well. Dude, I love it. You guys, like you mentioned early days. I mean, seriously, early days of this industry and this segment and so much growth potential and like opportunities. Like it, it's it's really exciting. There aren't many times, I think, when you get to see a, a market like this. So um, I'm excited for you guys. Hope you'll come back on down the road, man. And thanks for taking time to be here today. Absolutely. Thanks so much. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.